Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, and I am so glad to be here with you again this week for another episode, which is in the interview series called Getting Real with Women in the Middle. Getting Real introduces you to real-life women in the middle who've made a big, scary change and figured out how to love their midlife. Remember, the Women in the Middle podcast is super practical, authentic, and real. That's why I love this Getting Real series so much, because you get to meet real women in real life. All right, let's get going. I am really excited to introduce you to this week's guest because her story is one that I know you will really identify with. Jennifer Maurer is someone who made a huge change in her life after her husband died at only 38. She ended up eventually quitting her job as a classroom teacher to move back to her hometown after 30 years being away. I know you guys will really, really identify with her story. All right. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Jen. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. Hi, Susie. How are you today? I'm doing great. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're here. I'm also doing great. I love it when the weather turns around. <laughs> Finally warm. <laughs> Thank goodness. So one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you is because, uh, you know, your story, it really resonated with me. And I think it will resonate with a lot of people because you basically had a big tragedy in your life. And it took some time to sort it out. And then you sorted it out. And now you're happier at the other end because of the time you took to really look at what was going on in your life so, so carefully. Right. right. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what was going on for you after your husband died and how uh, you pretty much carried on with your life in your 40s? Um, yeah, he died when I turned 40, right after I turned 40. So um, I was working as an educational consultant at that time. I had moved, we moved to a town where he grew up and really didn't know anybody, so it's kind of hard to get a teaching job. So I was a teacher at the time, and um, but the this educational service center took a chance on me. I had worked for a couple um, years with them, but I really decided I needed to get back into the classroom after he passed away. I just really needed that interaction with the kids. I just felt like it would really cheer me up. So I ended up transitioning back into the classroom, and I taught second grade for three years before I moved to fifth grade. And that's where I basically spent the rest of my teaching careers in fifth grade. So, so I, I was mainly a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when we first talked about it, you said that you really thought that that time back in the classroom actually saved your life. It did. I, I just, I really needed something positive. I needed those kids smiles to get me through the day. And it really did help. It, it came at a really good time. That job opening came at a really perfect time. Oh, I can totally see how just the silliness and their eagerness to learn and the shenanigans can really right. <laughs> help somebody's mood. Well, that and I mean, teaching is an extremely time consuming profession. <laughs> so it kept me busy. 
it kept me busy and so I wasn't able to dwell on the negative you know so that really was helpful too oh thank you so much for sharing that and then you also mentioned to me that in your 40s you were dealing with being a widow and learning how to navigate the dating world again what was that like um not that much fun (laughs) you know never expecting to have been dating again but I but I did do some online dating and I met some nice guys but just none of them clicked with me you know I did that more for diversion than anything else just to have someone to go have dinner with every once in a while Um, but no it's you know dating's hard enough but when you're in your 40s it's it's even harder Right. So it sounds like at that phase of your life, you were looking for all kinds of diversions. You had your career that was working well as a diversion. You tried the dating thing, but it wasn't working as well. And so then how did you finally know that you really were in a, in a midlife funk? So when did things start to go from the kids are, are filling this need I, I have to things just aren't working anymore? Well, I ended up, um, you know, when I moved to fifth grade, it, it just wasn't working for me quite as well. It worked for about three, four years. And then um, the demands of the job, the particular client, you know, clientele I was dealing with at this school was just really challenging for me. So I started going to a life coach and spending time with her and helping you know, me work through what else can I do? You know, I'm more than just a teacher. What else can I do? Really helped. And she kind of turned me on to Reiki. She in one of our sessions, because she knows I'm kind of into the metaphysical type of stuff. And she's like, have you ever done Reiki or thought about Reiki? And I'm like, no, I've heard about it, but maybe I'll check it out. So I went home that night, signed up for a class and took it about a month later. And I just loved it. And it really kind of shifted my thinking into, you know, I don't have to be a teacher my whole life. There's other interests that I have and there's other, other ways that I can contribute besides being a teacher. So that's kind of where my shifting kind of turned is when I started doing Reiki and becoming a Reiki master practitioner was really important to me. It really changed me. Wow. I can really see that we can, it's so easy to get into this mindset that what we know is who we are. And just because I've been doing whatever it is for as long as I've been doing it doesn't mean that you can't do other things, but then it's so common at our life in midlife that when we start thinking about doing other things, there's usually a, a lot of fear. So just because you were starting to be miserable at your job, it still wasn't completely obvious to you that you had more opportunity. Right. But you were able to capitalize on this suggestion from somebody who was starting to get to know you really well that you probably would like to explore Reiki, and then you did. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm really, really glad I did. I mean, I didn't know what it really what it was. I'd heard the word, um, I, and I also often think about, you know, I wish I'd heard about it when my husband was sick. I think it would have really helped him. I think it would have helped me get through some of the stress that I had. So, um, but I, but I know it now, you know, better late than never. And then I, so then I just really started getting into energy and learning about the body's energy body and, you know, how to manifest good things in your life by focusing on your body's energy and not just the physical, but the energy body. So oh, I just I, really kind of latched onto that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it sounds like it was the perfect time in your life to open yourself up for a different way to, yes. to look at things. But um, it sounds also, though, like it was the perfect time because you were just getting frustrated with your career, your first career of choice, and that this new idea would mean that um, it, it's really, you'd have to create your own employment. So how did you start to think about shifting 
from being gainfully employed in education, which is pretty reliable, mm -hmm. to this unknown Wild West territory of self-employment. Right. And it, you know, I'm still working on that. I'm still working on self-employment. But I just, you know, I just really realized that teaching was not my passion anymore. And it was causing me more heartache and grief than than pleasure. So it, I guess it was about 2015. You know, I had a very, very challenging class that I was dealing with. <clears throat> and they kind of helped push me a little bit. I ended up taking a year <laughs> off of work just to reassess what, you know, what can I do to to find a different, you know, career path or whatever. So I took the year off and ended up working at a local food store, which I really loved and did a lot of exploring and Reiki and energy work and stuff like that. And then um, I did end up going back in the classroom the following year, which ended up being my last year because at that point I said, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I can't do it anymore, you know? And so I, you know, I really loved my community. I loved my house. I felt safe. You know, I just, I, it was really hard for me to just break away from that. But at some point it, I was, I also teach hula hooping lessons and I was trying to get some hula hooping classes going at this YMCA in this community. And I, you know, one day, I think it was in January, 2017, no one showed up to my class. And I said, you know what? I'm not connecting with people here. This is not my tribe. I need to leave. And I think that's pretty much where I said, it's time to sell my house, get out of Dodge and go move back home. Jen, so that's what I do. That's Good. huge. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. So let's just slow that down for a second. Okay. <laughs> so you've been in this community for a long time. How long were you there? 15 years. And 15 years, you're in the community, you've got the job, you've got the kids, you've got the parents of the kids, you're, you know people, and then right. one day, nobody came to your hula hooping class. <laughs> and that was yeah. like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, I just felt like I'm just not connecting with people in this community as much as I would like to. And I had tried, you know, other things, little things here and there, but it's just, I just decided, you know, I think I just need to, I need, a change of scenery would do me wonders. Um, and I, you know, the big, biggest thought of how can I leave my house and I had so much stuff, how am I ever on my own going to move? My husband and I moved nine times while we were married because we were oh. moving from jobs or college or something like that. So I always had someone to help me, but how am I going to move all on my own? So I just started and after I made that decision, I started getting rid of stuff. Really felt good to purge that junk out of my life that I didn't need. And I eventually, my basement became empty and I'm like, I can do this. <laughs> I can leave. I, you know, I, cause it really was like, I felt so much lighter once I started getting rid of stuff. And, um, it just, it, I have no regrets. You know, I do miss my house. I loved my house, but you know, other houses are just as cool. So I have to say to the, to the women listening right now, you can't see Jen's face, but um, when she started to talk about that, looking at her basement and saying that I can really do it, she, her eyes lit up. She leaned into the <laughs> screen. We're looking at each other on a screen right now. Her both thumbs were up. Like it was your, your, it, it sounds like that little bit of evidence that you could actually do something that you dreamed about doing yeah. was all you needed to just sail forward. Right. And, and going I just home. Going home is a bit of a, a, a giant thing to think about, too. What was that like? Um, yeah, because I had not lived here for decades. 
I'm always within, you know, usually within a few hours drive, but not anything that I could just zip home and see my mom when I wanted to. So I, it was just, I don't know, there's just something that pulled me back home. I could have moved to another big city and maybe found another job, but I just felt like I needed to be close to my mom. She's, you know, 86 now. And, you know, I just want to be around to help her out. And it's been really good. I can zip out to her house in 10 minutes and see her now. So I'm glad about that for sure. Well, when you first shared with your family, uh, do you have anybody else, family members in your hometown? My sister, I have a niece um, and her children, Wow, uh, cousins, things like that. So there's lots of people there. So when you first shared that you were thinking about doing this, I bet your response was pretty, I bet people were pretty excited. Yeah. I mean, at first they're like, really? I thought you'd never move back here. <laughs> but yeah, I'm moving back. <laughs> So, yeah, it was real positive. And plus, you know, connecting with some high school friends again. So that was nice, too. So that I had really long? been in contact with forever, you know. Oh, I, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Not even on Facebook? Um, a little bit on Facebook, but not, not really till I moved back to town. <laughs> you know, wow, really that's amazing. So from the minute you walked into that classroom that last day and said, you know what, I'm out of here, to the time you moved into your new place in your hometown, how much time did that take? For you to have the thought, pack everything up, put all your uh, ducks in a row, and actually move. About six months. You're kidding me. That's it? Yeah. I mean, I made that, that tube class was in January 2017, and I moved in, in to my new place July 1, 2017. Okay. So. I'm from the outside looking in. That sounds to <laughs> me like remarkably fast to do everything well, you had to do by yourself. Well, I mean, keep in mind, the thought was in the back of my head, just doing something different. So it's not like I just made this big revelation in January. But but yeah, I just started calling realtors, having them come out and just slowly posting things on Facebook Marketplace and other, you know, online places, just slowly getting rid of stuff. And it just little by little every day I worked on it, pecked away, had garage sale, you know, donated stuff. And it just, you know... I had my mindset, I am moving in the summer because I knew I was going to quit my job at the end of May. So I just had to make it happen. You know, it just had to happen. Wow. And what was it like when you drove away from your home to your new home, that actual drive? Do you remember what that was like? You no, know, it was a little bittersweet. You know, I'm in the car with my dog and I say, let's look at, you know, our town in the rear view mirror, you know, and I really, I haven't. I went, had to go back one other time just to finish up paperwork for the sale of the house, but I really haven't been back. Um, but yeah, it was, it's a little bittersweet. You know, I have very fond memories of that place and it's actually where my husband grew up. So it's his mm. hometown. So I still have people there that I know in his family, but you know, I just, it was time. It was just time. I was miserable and life's too short to be miserable. Even if you're, you know, now I'm 54 um, so I was 53 when I moved. I just, it had to happen. You know, I could not be miserable anymore in my job. And that's exactly what I was. So, Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, I always make a joke about it. Like I had, uh, unfortunately, too much death in my family. So I really identifying with what you're saying. Um, but I always make a little joke, a little dark humor that I got the memo that life's not fair. And it sounds like, it sounds like you got the memo. And I when did. you 
when you get that memo, you do have a really solid appreciation that um, when you're miserable and you know that you can do something about it, that you really are making a choice to be miserable. You're making a choice to waste valuable time. Right, <clears throat> right. And I, you know, having the forethought that I, I didn't know at this, you know, a couple of years ago, I wanted to move out of that town or sell my house or anything, but I did know that I wanted to do something different. So, you know, a little bit saving a little money here, a little money there really helped me be able to make the move and to not work right away when I moved um, to have a little backup money. So that's always helpful to be able to do that oh, and yes. move along a little bit faster. You know, if I didn't have the funds, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah, exactly. So it sounds like you, you set your mind on what you wanted and you made the sacrifices. You did the extra work, put in all the effort and yes. gave yourself a cushion and made it happen. So what was it like to you to get, um, like to reestablish yourself in that town? So once you moved in and now you've got like a big giant road ahead of you of openness and opportunity, no obligation. Uh, what was that like for you and how did you start to find your way? It was just nice. It was like starting all over again, you know, just finding new people to connect with and, you know, go, I went to meetup groups and did hiking, bought a bicycle, went bike with my sister because I never got to do that before. You know, it's just, this is fun to meet new people. And I mean, there's just a lot more opportunity in this town just because it's a lot bigger where I grew up, a lot bigger than, than where I was. And, you know, there's just a lot more things to do. And, um, so that, you know, just getting online, connecting with neighborhood groups and Facebook and getting to know people that way, getting the word out, you know, about um, my business and things like that. So that's how I did it, I guess, is just getting out and talking to people and meeting and things like that. That's amazing. And so this one thought that you had, sorry, my bird chirped a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't hear it. <laughs> I forgot to put her in, a, in another room before we started. Um, so. This thought that you had when you were leaving your town, that the people in the community, is, as lovely as they are, you, weren't just, you, you just weren't connecting with them the way you wanted to, that they weren't your tribe. When did you start to feel um, that you had a good take on the tribe in this new town? Well, just, you know, I, of course, I grew up here, so I knew the area. I felt comfortable here. You know, and to be honest, I didn't have a lot of connections here because, like I said, I didn't keep in touch with high school friends or anything like that, but, um, but have made, you know, with connections with my sister and things like that, I've made some new friends. So you just got to keep an open mind and go into it with a positive attitude and know it's going to happen if you're going to make it happen. You know, you can't say that enough. And there are so many um, clients and people who reach out to me from the podcast who talk about fear. So they're stuck, but they have this, this big sense of dread and fear about trying new things or wanting guarantees or feeling that they're too old to do something big like this. Uh, now that you're on the other side of it and you've said you don't have any regrets, what advice can you give uh, people, other women in the middle who are stuck right now and just confused about what they should do or they see something that they want and they just can't manage uh, the mindset they need to move forward yet? What can you tell them? Don't let fear run, run your life. I mean, really, I sure it's scary for me to leave a safe community to to a bigger city that's maybe not quite as safe um, to sell this house that I absolutely loved and felt extremely comfortable in. 
And, you know, it's just don't let fear run your life. You just, you know, I knew that misery was going to be my company if I didn't get out. <laughs> so I just, I had to, you know, I just, I couldn't let fear dictate my life. It's like, I got to do this, just do it. And now that I am on the other side, it's, you know, I look back and I'm like, why didn't I do that maybe a year or two sooner instead of taking that year off? Maybe I should have just done it then, you know, and why instead of going back, why I, I, I just mentally, I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. I guess I just wasn't quite ready. I, and once I went back into that classroom that last year and just had a really rough year, I, I said, I can't do this anymore. And I knew I didn't want to seek another teaching job somewhere else. I just, I knew it just wasn't going to be me anymore. So, well, I am still teaching, just not, you know, a classroom of children. <laughs> right. That's what I wanted to ask you, because this is the other thing that so many women our age come to appreciate, that, you know, at our age, we do have a solid set of skills. And just because we decide that we want to take a slight pivot or a slight shift, it doesn't mean that we have to ditch everything that, um, that we've created. Our talents and our skills, our zone of genius can just shift. So tell me a little bit about how you are incorporating teaching, your teaching skills, into what you're doing now. Well, I, right now I'm working like three part-time jobs and trying to get my business going, but they're all teaching related. So I teach kids about space science at a place called Challenger Learning Center. Um, and I teach um, Chinese children English online, <laughs> which is a really wow. fun. And then I teach, um, I'm doing adult ed. So I'm teaching adults to help them get their GED. So it's just teaching all around. It's just in a different way. And it's so much more enjoyable. <laughs> oh my gosh, that makes me so enjoyable. happy. You're really putting yourself out there. Now tell us a little bit, if anybody wants to get uh, more information about your Reiki uh, program, tell me a little bit about that program and the website. And of course, I'll include the website in the link. Um, my business is called My Energy Shift. And so it's myenergyshift.com is the website. And you know, I definitely do Reiki to attunements, Reiki treatments here in my hometown. Um, but I also have a program called um, Meet Your Energy Body because I developed that program with the hopes that if people can, you know, if they take care of their energy body, their physical body is going to be better able to take care of itself. We just need to give our body the tools. I truly that just 100% believe our body can heal itself, but we got to help it along a little bit. And prescription drugs and surgeries and all that is not necessarily the best way. So try to educate people about nutritional, uh, nutritious eating um, and how to, take, how to move energy in their body so that it doesn't become stagnant and stuck and cause pain and manifest in illness and things like that. So, um, you know, doing a little life coaching in that regard, but also, you know, I offer this program to help people understand. I give them a lot of tools. So they leave the program with a bunch of tools that they can use forever and ever, never have to pay another dime, you know, just using those tools to help them move that energy in the body. And um, I just really feel like that is the key to health these days. Well, that, thank you for adding that information. We forgot to mention that you're in Toledo. So if anybody wants yes. to contact you directly because you're also local, you live in Toledo, the website will be on the show notes page, but it's www.myenergyshift.com. The mm -hmm. program Jen was just talking about is Meet Your Energy Body program, and you can get the link in the show notes or on the website. So Jen, thank you so much. Your story is really inspiring, and I think the information you shared will really help other women in the middle think about 
what they want and get the courage together to go forward. Oh, the women in the middle are the strongest people we know. And, <laughs> you know, they can do it. They, can, they just need a little nudge, maybe. <laughs> oh, that's what I think, too. Women in the middle rock. Thank you so much, Jen. Take care. All right. Thanks. That's it for this episode. I want you to give Jennifer an extra special thank you because due to technological problems at my end with the original recording, she was actually interviewed twice. She was such a great sport about the whole thing. Speaking of problems, if you are frustrated and want some help yourself with something you're trying to sort out, you have totally come to the right place. As you may know, I help amazing women like you get excited about your life again. If you're stuck and not that happy about where you're at in your career or in another part of your life, it might just be time for you to focus on making that change that you've been thinking about. I offer a free 20-minute insight call and would love to hop on the phone and connect with you personally. If you're ready to get clear, get excited, and get going, let's talk. Life is too short to waste time in a frustrated negative spin. I know you've been listening to the podcast and you've been listening to some of these amazing guests. And their advice is always that life's too short, that if you're afraid of making a change, you really have to look at that fear. And there is help. You are not alone. And I am here for you. So just go to www.susierosenstein.com, hover over the About tab, and you'll see free session on the drop-down menu. Click there, and you can book straight into my calendar. It is super easy, and I can't wait to talk to you. Let's do this, ladies, one scary change at a time. Thanks so much for listening.